Hello and welcome to Chaplain's Word of the Day. I'm Chaplain Otis Corbett and I invite you to come along with me as we explore God's Word so that we can be inspired, challenged, and comforted together. Hello, I'm Otis Corbett and today I want to share a word about our Father's business as I comment on Luke chapter 2. This comes from a sermon I preached at Lockhart Baptist Church on Father's Day 2022. Well, this morning I'm glad to be able to be here. I know that uh, you'll be missing Brother Mike. He's got to um, the opportunity this uh, day to be with his family, and that's always a good thing. And uh, But I'm glad to be back with you today. Let's turn to Luke chapter 2 this morning. Luke chapter 2. So this morning, of course, we come here on Father's Day. And today, as uh, we look at Luke chapter 2, I'm going to be talking about our Father's business, about being about our Father's business. Now, whenever we deal with Mother's Day or Father's Day, uh, there is a trap that we can fall into. And the trap that we can fall into is to make saints of our mothers or make saints of our fathers. Now, we need to love our mothers and we need to love our fathers, but here's the truth of the matter is not everybody in the world has an outstanding father. Not everyone in the world has an outstanding human father. Not everyone in the world has an outstanding human mother. Okay, we know that. And in fact, I remember very clearly uh, the first sermon I ever preached on Mother's Day, Father's Day uh, was uh, in Russell County at Crawford Baptist Church. And just before that day happened, I was given notice that a family had taken in a foster child. That foster child was going to be at church with this family. The first day that they were going to be in church with that family was either that Mother's Day or Father's Day, and I can't remember which one it was. And that child had been abused and neglected by their parents. And that informed my sermon for that Sunday morning. Because we need to understand that not everyone has had the experience of having an angel for a mother or a father. But, here's the truth, every one of us has a wonderful father who knows how to nurture like a mother. You say, that sounds crazy. But what you know is that every one of us has a heavenly father. And that heavenly father is greater than any human father that ever existed. Now, our human fathers need to be able to look at our Heavenly Father and model their service as parents on that Heavenly Father. At the same time, what we know about Jesus is that He stood before Jerusalem and He said, Oh, I wish I could gather you together as a hen gathers her chicks. 
And Jesus compared himself to a hen and nurturing the children of Israel the way a hen nurtures her chicks. And so our Heavenly Father is the best parent of all. And our Heavenly Father is the parent that our fathers and our mothers need to be trying to emulate. And so this morning, what I want to do is look at some people who are about their father's business. And that uh, passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 2 tells us about some people who were about their father's business. And we need to look at that today and model ourselves on this Father's Day after. Okay? Now, we think of Luke chapter 2 as the story of Jesus' birth. And it is. But Luke chapter 2 is a, a very long chapter, and only half of that chapter deals with the birth of Jesus. The other half of that chapter deals with people about the business of serving God. So let's look together at Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 21. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two pigeons. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you especially for the passages of Scripture that sometimes we overlook. Because, Father, there's so much truth in your Word, even those passages that don't seem to be as important as others to us humanly, you have true gems of wisdom embedded in those passages of Scripture. Every passage, Father, of Scripture is important. And so today, as we look at Luke chapter 2, let's look at the second half, the flip side of that of that chapter and see truths about being about your business because you are the best father, the best parent, the one who loves us the most. And let us model ourselves after you today. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, it is interesting to me that on Mother's Day, we do often make angels and saints out of our mothers. No one ever loves you like your mother. I know that. That's what we're told in the South, and it's probably true in most cases. But what happens a lot of time on Father's Day is that fathers get beaten up. Uh, I, I remember uh, learning about a megachurch that, uh, that the, the, the pastor of this megachurch had a real passion about, about uh, biblical manhood. And he would often have mandatory meetings of men in the church. Now, I don't know how you have a mandatory meeting of men in a Baptist church, but he did. Uh, and, uh, uh, and when men would go to that meeting, they would come away feeling almost physically assaulted and beaten up because they weren't 
matching his, their pastor's view of biblical manhood. Well, today we're not going to do that. But today what we are going to do is set a high standard for all of us to follow as parents and also those who are just followers of Jesus in the first place. And the first thing is we need to see here is that Jesus' parents were about His Father's business. Now, being a parent is a tremendous responsibility. Parents are totally responsible for the well-being of their children. Uh, uh, human babies are some of the few babies in the world that need as much nurturing and help as we do. Uh, a human baby left on their own will, will quickly die. Many other species, when the babies are born, they scuttle off and do their own thing. But that's not the way it is with human babies. Uh, and parents are the ones who are responsible for taking care of their babies. Now, others can help, but they can't do the job without the parents. And when parents don't do their job well, we know that tremendous damage can result. Someone said once that parenting is the most important job for which there is no formal training or government certification. Now think about that. You have to have a, a driver's license to drive a car. Uh, you have to have government identification to fly on an airplane. Uh, you have to show government IDs to have a bank account. My word, banks have gotten crazy, but it's not the bank's fault, it's the government's fault. But there's no certification. There's no training course that's required that, to be a parent. That just comes naturally. And here's the thing, though. What we need to see is parents can only succeed if they're about their father's business. And Jesus' parents were about their father's business. See, they were led by the Spirit. How do I know they were led by the Spirit? Because they named their baby Jesus because the Spirit told them to. Now, in the day that Jesus was born, you always had a family name. But in this case, they were told specifically that they were to name their baby Jesus. We also know they were about their father's business because they presented Jesus to the Lord. The Scripture said that in those days what you had to do was the first child, particularly the first male child, needed to be presented to the Lord and that's exactly what they did. And then they also followed the commandment by circumcising them. Now, Here's the truth. Not many do people do this in Baptist churches, but in, in many churches around the world that, that do infant baptisms, many parents, once they're expecting a child, will start going to church so that their child can be baptized and christened and all that. But then they don't do anything else with that responsibility. But look what Jesus' family did. They took Him to worship with them. They involved Him in the life of the faith. And so, as parents, 
as people of God, we need to be about our Father's business. We need to follow the example of Mary and Joseph. Now, that doesn't mean that only parents should be about our Father's business. We're going to see some other people here in a minute. But in this case, when we are parents, when we bring children into the world, we need to be about our Father's business. We need to let the Spirit lead us in the decisions we make about our children. Let me tell you something. In today's world, being led by the Spirit about the decisions you make about children are more and more important. I have to tell you, I am glad... Selfishly glad that today I am not the child, uh, the parent of a small child. Because there are things that are going on in our world today that I don't want to explain to a small child. I'll just be honest with you. I don't want to explain some things that certain media empires are doing with their cartoons. I don't want to explain some things that Disney is doing and other people are doing. And I don't want to have to explain that to small children. So parents, you need to rely on the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit lead you in that regard. And and then what we must do is we must present our children to God and let them know and let God know that we are the stewards of that child. There's a big argument raging in our world today. Who owns the children? Do the parents own the children? Does the government own the children? Do the schools own the children? Let me tell you who owns the children. Who owns the children is the same people who the same person who owns us. The, the, the one who owns the children is the one who owns this world, the one who created this world. We're all just stewards of what God has given us. Whether God has given us a, a nice house or a small house, or whether God has given us a large car or a small car, or whether God has given us a bass boat, Never mind, I shouldn't have said that. We're all stewards of what God has given us. And God has given us children. He owns the children. We are just stewards of those children. And we need to follow God's commandments as we raise those children. We need to discipline them. We need to raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Uh, sometimes that means we need to chastise them. The Lord says, I... I chastise or the Lord chastises the one whom He loves. At the same time, we need to remember the Scriptures tell us, fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. We need to get that balance right as well. And mothers as well. We need to teach them not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers, particularly in marriage. So there's a lot we need to do in terms of being about our father's business as we raise children. And in today's world, we need to be more about that business as we raise children than ever before. But in, in Luke chapter 2, we see some other people who were about God's business. Look at verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and about, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And so he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought the child in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, 
he took him up in his arms and blessed the Lord and said, Lord, you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the nation, people, for the face of the peoples, to bring light to the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many Israel, many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, and of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers day and night. And coming in that instance, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of Him to all who looked for redemption in Israel." What we see here is that this man by the name of Simon and this woman by the name of Anna, they were also about the father's business. Now, I've talked about how we make our parents saints, but the truth of the matter is uh, there just aren't that many true saints in the world in that regard. But the truth of the matter is Every Christian is a saint. We are all set apart for God's purpose. And we see two saints here in the New Testament living out their purpose that God had set for them. Okay? Now, when I say saints, remember, a lot of times what we mean about saints is someone like Mother Teresa. And I've known too many people in the world to know that, that there really are very many people like Mother Teresa in the world. Um, there aren't too many people in our homes that are like Mother Teresa. I, they're just, just not something that we see. However, what we see here is Simeon and Anna showing the attributes of a true saint. They loved God intently. They sought His face in prayer constantly. They sought a close relationship with Him. And there are some people in the world who are like that. And when we come across those people, when they speak, we need to pay attention. We need to pay attention. Simeon was one of the people who modeled that. Uh, he knew who Jesus was. He recognized from the beginning who this baby was going to be. He took his arms and he blessed them and he prophesied as true that he would divide the world. And he knew that he had seen the promised Messiah. Anna was also one of those people. She was totally dedicated to the Lord. In fact, she was so dedicated to the Lord that as a widow who had only been with her husband for seven years and now she was 84 years old, she served God intently on a daily basis. And she too knew who Jesus was. And she also reported to all who would listen that this was the promised Messiah. 
We need more people like this. We ourselves need to be more like this. We need to be prayer warriors. We need to be worship warriors. We need people who have discernment, and we too need to have discernment. We too need to listen to the Spirit and know when things are right and when things are wrong. And we need to be like Simeon and Anna, and we need to surrender our hearts to the Lord. So as we look at the second half of Luke 2, we see uh, Mary and Joseph being about their father's business. We also see Simeon and we see Anna being about their father's business. Luke 2 also closes with Jesus being about his father's business. Verse 39, So when they performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit and filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Then we see that they went to Jerusalem for the Passover, and of course they went to the Passover, and then when they went home, uh, they were going home, and they looked around and they realized that He was not with them. This is what happened. And so now it was in verse 36, uh, 46 that after three days they found Him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all those who heard Him were astonished at His understanding and His answers. And so when they saw Him, they were amazed. And His mother said to Him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you through anxiety. And he said to them, Why did you you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they didn't understand the statement which he spoke to them. And then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So as we look at this passage of Scripture, we also see that Jesus was about His Father's business. And all through His life, here starting in His childhood, we see that as He was a child and an adolescent, He was about His Father's business. He grew up into adulthood and was about His Father's business. He was about His Father's business all the way to the cross and then beyond to when He rose from the dead and then ascended into heaven. Let me tell you, there are some folks who I've known in churches that were faithful and they were strong and they were diligent until the day they weren't. I have known people that were diligent and strong and interested in serving in the church and faithful in the church until the day they decided, I need to take some time off. I need some me time. I've been teaching Sunday school all these years. Now it's somebody else's turn. The same thing happens in sports, by the way. Have you noticed how many men will, will coach their son's baseball team until that son grows out of that league and goes into school, and then they don't coach anymore? 
The same thing happens in churches. But that's not what happened with Jesus. Jesus was about His Father's business from the time He was born until the time He went to the cross and from the time He rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. And as He sits today at the Father's right hand, He makes intercession for you and me. He is still about His Father's business. And we see that Jesus grew in wisdom and knowledge and in favor with God and man. Now listen, there's a difference between wisdom and knowledge. We, we know that, by, that Baptists are all about studying the Bible. And we need to study the Bible. But knowledge is not enough. You see, knowledge is what we put in our head. Wisdom comes from our heart. Wisdom is seeing things from God's perspective. Our knowledge informs our wisdom, but knowledge is not enough. We have to have wisdom also. And Jesus knew God. He knew about God. He knew God's Word. He allowed that in His human life to grow into wisdom, seeing things from God's perspective, and in doing that, he grew in favor with God and man. All of these folks here are models for us today. They're models for us as parents. As parents, we need to be leading our families in the way God's Word tells us to. We need to have the Holy Spirit as our guide. So we all need, if we're parents, we need to do the same thing that Mary and Joseph did. Seek God and allow God's Word to fill our lives and let the Holy Spirit lead us. But today, we see also that as people in church, as people within the church, as people within this congregation, we also need to do the same thing that was done by these folks. We need to be about our Father's business. We need to be good stewards of what He's given us. We need to be people who follow His Word in our daily lives, not only in church, but in everything we do in our daily life. And then finally, as children... We need to follow the model of Jesus, who was obedient to his parents, but was also obedient to his Father. He grew in knowledge and wisdom, and that produced favor with God and man. So here's the question we have for today. How are we... How are we doing in taking care of our Father's business. How are we doing in taking care of our Father's business? I saw a study not, uh, several years ago that the average family business lasts about a year, I mean, excuse me, a generation and a half. So 
uh, 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 somebody will start a business. It'll be a family business. It may be a shop. It, it may be a mechanic shop. It may be an air conditioner repairman. It, it could be almost anything. It could be a garage. And in that uh, family business, the, 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 uh, the founding uh, owners of that business will put their soul and effort into that business and they'll build that business up and they'll make that business a success. And then they hand that business off to the next generation. And in the average business, that next generation doesn't have the dedication. They don't have the drive. They don't have the commitment. And eventually what happens is that family business starts to fail. The average family business lasts a generation and a half. My friends, in the church, we cannot be like that. The church is only one generation away from not being here. And let me tell you, if we didn't know that before COVID-19, there are some many churches out there who know it right now. Every time I drive to a church to preach or to visit on Sunday morning, I drive by several of our other Baptist churches, and I always count the cars in the parking lot. I may not know how many people are in the church. I know how many, people, how many cars are out there, and generally speaking, at the most, you can count for an average of two people for every car. Let me tell you, I've gotten a little concerned about the number of cars in some of our parking lots. We need to be about our Father's business. At home, at work, at the ball field, at the lake, at the hunting camp, and also, we need to be about our Father's business here in our churches. Pray with me. Father, I thank You for being a Father that loves us and cares for us and works in our lives. I thank You that You are our Father, that You nurture us, that You encourage us, that You watch over us. I thank You, Father, that You're uh, our, our parent that will chastise us and discipline us and teach us when we've done something wrong. But I also thank You, Father, that You are the Father God that makes a way out that when we are disobedient, when we make a mistake, when we have failed... You have given us a way that, can be, uh, that we can recover from that mistake. Thank You that You sent Jesus to be our Savior. Thank You that You sent Jesus to be our way out of our dilemma. And thank You, Father, that You love us enough that He's sitting right at the, Your right hand today, praying for us, interceding for us as we worship You here. In Jesus' name, Amen. Before I go, let me share my new book with you. Seminary taught me to be a pastor, but the Army taught me to be a leader. I would like to share how God melded those two skill sets in my new book, Decently and in Order. It's available now on Amazon in paperback and on Kindle. If you want to know more about effectively leading teams and events, check out Decently and in Order on Amazon.com. I believe you will find it eye-opening and helpful. That's Decently and in Order by Otis Corbett. Thanks for taking a look.
Thanks for listening. I'll be back soon with another portion of God's Word that we can consider together. Every blessing, I'm Chaplain Otis Corbett.